This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. Starkville, Mississippi is where the 2021 NCAA Baseball Champion lives. My guest, Austin Perryman, the Director of Photography for Mississippi State, made his first trip to Omaha and covered the championship run under some of the most difficult conditions you could ever imagine. I was trying to get a uh, get Chamberlain, our other staff photographer, find a way for our uh, either our administration or the university to find a way to fly her over to Omaha at least for the second or third game. Uh, I, I was. I was kind of nervous, not about if we would win or if we would lose, but if I would get the shot. I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. My guests have ranged from Silver Star recipients, an Oscar winner, and photographer Bill Alcroft. That's the phrase is, uh, enjoy every sandwich. Have you ever heard that phrase? Yeah. Yeah, when he was, Zeeland uh, was on the Letterman show, he had lung cancer, and, and Letterman said, well, you're going to die soon. What, you know, what have you learned? And, and Zeeland said, enjoy every sandwich. And he didn't mean that literally. I mean, let's say you're having a sandwich and it's really good. You know, you, you set it down and say, oh, it's a really good sandwich. But that one of my philosophies in life is that. Enjoy every sandwich. And, and you're playing with your daughter, you know, taking a nap or eating eating a sandwich or looking at the light, uh, you know, I pass this on to my daughters, is, is stop and en- enjoy that cool breeze, you know, and enjoy every sandwich. Some people say it's kind of like, oh, that's the same as uh, you know, stop and smell the roses. No, nah, nah, I don't do that. You know why? Too many pricks. Go to justagoodconversation.com for all our archives. Let's take a quick break for our sponsor before diving into my conversation with Austin Perriman. Austin, thank you so much for taking the time. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. This is awesome. So your first podcast. First one ever. That's good for a young guy. You're going to start busting them out soon, man. You're a talented kid. Well, thank you. I appreciate, appreciate the thought. Yeah, I was following you before the College World Series, and then during the College World Series, I was stalking you. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Oh, I love I love college baseball. I love, you know, covering that at Omaha and all that stuff you got your hands on this year. You're a lucky man. Thank you. Yeah, that was my first trip to Omaha. Well, tell me this. Where'd you grow up? Because I hear a little bit of an accent. So I grew up in Fayetteville, Tennessee, okay. which is a pretty small town. I graduated with about 230 people. In my graduating class, and there was only one high school in the entire county at the time. Wow. If that tells you anything. Yeah, that's not like Orange County where I'm at. <sighs> no, probably <laughs> the exact opposite. Yeah. Did, uh, was it kind of like uh, if you played football or basketball, like the whole town shut down and went to the game? Uh, pretty much, yeah. That's Either nice. the whole town shut down or just businesses were slow right. moving. Did you that, like that kind of lifestyle? Uh, at the time, that was pretty much all I ever knew. But, you know, as as I got older and uh, as I, like, went off to college, you know, I kind of wanted to get into more of, like, a big, bigger city. Okay. And it was kind of ironic that I ended up in Starkville, Mississippi, which <laughs> isn't a big city at all, but it's also not – 
too small of a town. It's probably four or five times bigger than the town I grew up in. Right. Yeah. That that's a big thing. Hey, did uh, where did you start to find photography? Well, I didn't get into photography until uh, I was about 20 years old. Oh, was you're a late bloomer. Yeah, it was about six years ago. I'm 26. You got into it six years ago? Uh-huh, I did. Man, kid, your curve is, has gone through the roof. Who, who, who showed you the first camera? Why were you so late to the game? So... So the this the backstory is pretty long. Well, uh, we got time. <laughs> I originally went to school at UT Chattanooga right. in Tennessee, and I was a football manager for their their football team, the Chattanooga Mocs. And at the time, I wanted to work in sports, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I was kind of leaning towards either like sports management or like sports reporting, like writing about sports. Okay. And uh, I can't – it was either – I think it was my sophomore year. I took a photojournalism class just as an elective just to fill the schedule. Just to fill <laughs> my schedule. And uh, Billy Weeks, I don't know if you've ever followed his work or yep. seen anything he shot, but Billy Weeks was – uh, the professor of that class, and he gave all of his students who didn't have a, a camera, which I didn't, of course, he gave us uh, a classroom set of uh, a Nikon D3300 and an 18 to 55 kit lens. And in his class, we had to shoot everything 100% manual, manual focus, manual exposure. Uh, I'm pretty sure we could use auto white balance. At least I used auto white balance at the time. Uh, and then after the class, you know, I kind of uh, I wanted to stick with it because he he taught us some of the basics, like the rule of thirds, and you know, taught us how uh, like don't be shy when taking pictures of people. Try to take pictures of people's faces. Try to get their eyes in focus. Uh, try to tell stories that like visually that way and try to treat your subjects with as much respect as you can. Uh, and so I kind of took his philosophy and kind of ran with it. And I bought my first camera like right after that class was over. You were hooked. I was hooked. It was a Canon Rebel T3i. Now, what were you studying or what were you thinking your career might be before that? Uh before that, I really was probably going to be an equipment manager in college sports. So I, was, I wanted to still stick with college sports, but probably more as like a football manager full time. Interesting. OK. And so I knew that I wanted to work in sports, but I didn't think that the opportunities would have been there at uh, at UT Chattanooga. And so I talked with their head equipment manager at the time, Mike Royster, uh, about transferring and told him that I wanted to transfer to uh, the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Oh, okay. There you go. To be a football manager with the Tennessee Vols. And so he 
he made a call over to over to Knoxville and got me connected with Roger Fraser, their head equipment guy. And uh, Roger gave me a shot on his staff as a student manager. And after I started there, I noticed uh, Donald Page, the uh, Tennessee's head photographer at the time, who is now a team photographer for the Tennessee Titans. Right. Uh, I noticed him at just about every practice, just shooting everything under the sun. And I loved his work. And so I'd ask him, you know, how he got certain shots or what he looks for when he's shooting practice uh, or like why he shoots certain things. And he told me uh, that if I wanted to, I could come around and shoot like soccer and volleyball and basketball once basketball season starts. Uh, and I took him up on that offer and, you know, he he gave me my first opportunity like as a college athletic department photographer and not just like working for a student paper or anything like that. Okay. Now at the time at Tennessee, are you taking any other photo classes? Uh, I didn't up until my last year at Tennessee. Okay. Um, so I shot some and as that next spring semester came around, uh, an opportunity came up to basically, as basically a paid intern, uh, getting paid hourly uh, to work on his staff. And he offered it to me, but he told me that if I accepted that, I would have to give up being a football manager. Ooh. And that's when I just dove headfirst into photography as a career and gave up the dream of being a uh, – uh, an equipment manager full time. How was that? What was that? How was that thought process? Were you scared? Did you think there was a future or were you just going in blind faith? Like you're in love with this thing. Uh, I was kind of in love with photography at that point. I think uh, I had gotten plenty of opportunities to shoot a lot of different sports. Uh, Tennessee has, you know, swimming and diving, tennis, golf, track and field, volleyball, soccer, football, uh, baseball, softball, basketball. They've got, they've got tons of sports. Right. And They're loaded. So, yeah. And so I had tons of chances to shoot a whole lot of different stuff. And at that point it was kind of a no brainer where I could see myself as a, as a photo a professional photographer, you know, after I had graduated and so I dove in head first and haven't looked back. Wow. So how much time do you spend at Tennessee? And then what do you change your degree in? Uh, so I spent two and a half years at Tennessee and I got a degree in journalism and electronic media. Interesting. Okay. Huge switch from what you, th what you were thinking. Oh yeah. Huge switch. Um, but, did you have? Did you even have a conversation with your parents and explain, like, Mom, Dad, uh, this is what I want to do? <laughs> uh, not really. I think they could kind of tell, like, once I bought my first camera, like, whenever I would take trips home, 
like during like if I had a free weekend to take home to go see my family, you know, I'd bring my camera and I would go shoot everything and anything I could see. So they, I feel like they could kind of see it. Yeah, they saw you were addicted. They didn't stop you. They should have. <laughs> she said, "No, to no. son, it'll be easier to do drugs. Don't, don't, don't buy camera gear. It's a fortune." Uh, but yeah, I was I was pretty blessed to work with a lot of talented photographers who influenced my work in a lot of a lot of big ways, like Donald Page with the Titans. Uh, at first, Craig Bizacre, who's Texas A&M yep. set photographer, he was a staff photographer at Tennessee when I first started. Yeah, you know, uh, Tennessee, what are you guys doing down there? Is it the water or the whiskey or what? Because you guys are producing some damn good photographers coming out of there. I have no idea, but it's it's a lot of just being in the right place at the right time, I think. Damn. Uh, and then after after Craig left, uh, Kyle Zedeker came in, yeah. fresh off of an internship with the Vikings, and then he is now Tampa the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head photographer, right? Uh, and then Andrew Ferguson came in. Uh, he uh, before Tennessee, he was a staff photographer at Cutstown, which is a pretty small school in Pennsylvania, but he produced some great work. While he was there, uh, and then he did some he did some work for the Jets before that, and he was a, a fellow former intern with the Chiefs. Which after I left Tennessee, I got an internship with Steve Sanders with the Kansas City Chiefs, which was an unbelievable, unforgettable experience. What did um, they have you do there? So uh, my. Second day on the job, we were leaving Kansas City to go up to St. Joseph, Missouri for training camp. And I shot, you know, like probably two and a half weeks worth of training camp practices day after day after day after day after day after day after day. And it was very repetitive, but it was also very fun because those those guys, those guys were a lot of fun to be around. That's good. Uh, I actually missed out on on a Super Bowl ring because I left the internship uh, about four or five weeks into the regular season because a full-time opportunity opened up here in Starkville at Mississippi State. <laughs> and, uh, of course, knowing my luck, you know, they'd go on to win the Super Bowl <laughs> right after I left. But I was I was very happy for them. Um, did you when you were at kansas city are you getting now any kind of mentoring or editing to help you kind of shape your craft or are they just cutting you loose and he's letting you just shoot like a wild goose uh there was a whole lot of guidance as far as um like workflow and stuff goes because uh steve definitely wanted me to um kind of try out his workflow instead of just going with what I knew at Tennessee. And, you know, at the time I was, I was a little hesitant to kind of go away from what I would known on how to work, but I've, I appreciated it though, because it, 
it taught me a few different ways to to get the job done and uh it helped me uh it helped me learn how to better teach my students now okay how different was the what you had learned at at Tennessee and now at Kansas City? Was it night and day or is it just a little bit of a difference? Uh, I'd say it's kind of in between a little bit of a difference in night and day. Okay. Uh, when I was at Tennessee, uh, that last semester, we had started shooting everything in RAW instead of shooting JPEG for everything. Oh, good. Okay. And in Kansas City, that, that was a huge no-no with with Steve's workflow. Uh, Steve was very much a, uh, an efficient guy. Really? He, yeah, he, he got stuff done quick because the, the workload that you don't really know it looking, you know, at the, at the stuff that NFL photographers put out, but they've got a lot to have to shoot. Oh, they do. They do. As far as like corporate, like corporate sponsorship, uh, needs that they've got to shoot and marketing stuff and community service stuff and cheer stuff, mascots, players, coaches, the stuff for the ownership group. Nonstop. It, it adds up. Jesus. So loved did you, did you enjoy your time in Kansas city? Oh yeah. I loved it. I love, love the city, loved the, uh, the community around the team Love the fans. Anytime you'd go out to shoot tailgating stuff, the fans, they love to be in front of the camera. <laughs> that always makes your life easier. Oh, yeah. And the tailgating was unbelievable. Oh, like, yes. The smell of Kansas City barbecue across that giant parking lot. <laughs> you got to love it. Oh, yeah. So where'd you go from there after Kansas City? Came straight over to Mississippi State. And started my first full-time gig. And how did you find that? What So, you know, maybe the younger kids who are maybe listening to this podcast, where are you looking for your jobs? Where where do you dig and find your stuff? So Donald Page actually sent me the job, the job application. Okay. To, uh, a lot of the jobs that I've applied for since I was a student have all been from applications that other photographers had sent my way. Okay. Um, one thing that a lot of a lot of people outside the photography community have told me is that the photography community is so uh, well networked that everybody kind of knows everybody else in oh, a way. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. And I guess like, if you are, if you're fit for a certain job, that job is going to find you. <laughs> that's, that's very true. So you, 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 you get that job immediately in Mississippi state and you're off and running. Mm -hmm. uh, so my first day on the job at, here in Starkville was on September 26, 2019. And that evening I was immediately shooting my first soccer match against Ole Miss. Oh, Jesus. So they put me to work the very first day. Now, what was the uh, department like when you get there? Is there any assistance, an intern, anybody does archiving, or is it just you? Uh, so I was the assistant photographer at the time. Okay. 
uh, and we we didn't have any students at that time. They they had just had uh, a couple of students leave because of you know personal reasons to those students, mm-hmm. and so it was just us two, and uh, we were kind of shooting soccer, football, and volleyball for about a month until we could get uh, till we could post like a basically an application for students to fill out and then bring some in and interview some and then uh, finally offer a couple of scholarships to some students and yeah get some you, help. yeah you need help that's a lot of work mm-hmm. geez so who was the uh, lead photographer there at the time uh, I was Aaron Cornia okay his name. all right and how was that uh, first couple of months now you, now you're part of an athletic department team. How was that for you? Uh, it was, it was very similar to how it was working at Tennessee, except, uh, I didn't have another part-time job to have to go to, and I didn't have classes to have to keep up with. It was, it was refreshing to only have to focus on photography. Um, I didn't really have to multitask and juggle a whole lot you know, outside of just work. That's good. Um, yeah. So it was, it was very fun. Uh, my first football game at Mississippi state was actually in Neyland stadium against Tennessee. <laughs> Believe it or not. You're right back where you started. Yeah. That's kind of, it was kind of ironic at the time. Cause I, I show up and you know, like, uh, some of the security guys and like around the stadium and, some other support staffers at Tennessee looked at me and kind of had a double take. And they're like, hey, didn't you used to work here at Tennessee? <laughs> you look familiar. But yeah, you're not- what, are you do- what are you doing wearing Mississippi State here? <laughs> yeah, right. You're not an orange. What's wrong? <laughs> yeah. Did, uh, did that first game, how was that? Uh, it was, as far as shooting goes, it was great. It was nice overcast clouds, no harsh shadows. It didn't rain. I'd say it was, it was probably around like 68, 67 degrees outside. Very weird for an October Saturday because usually it doesn't get to that weather until late October. Right. Uh, Tennessee won, won the game, which was, it felt weird because Tennessee would score a touchdown and you'd hear the band start to play Rocky Top and you just can't sing. Just don't sing. <laughs> I'll myself. Don't sing. Don't do it. <laughs> Maybe your toe tap just a little bit. Well, I always shoot uh, shoot from my knees to get a, a better angle. So it'd be a little tough to toe tap. <laughs> so... How was that first then that year, that whole year for you at Mississippi State? Uh, it was a fun ride. Uh, our women's basketball team was unbelievably good that year. Our men's basketball team had a a really good year. Um, our football team finished off with a, a bowl appearance at the Music City Bowl, uh, won the Egg Bowl, Um it was very fun uh, and up until, you know, March of 2020. I was in Nashville for the SEC, for the men's basketball SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. And that's when, you know, COVID started to affect the NBA and they started to postpone games. And then 
we were actually on the team bus on our way to our first practice in Nashville before the SEC tournament when our head coach gets a call that the tournament was canceled. Yeah. That was it was one of the most surreal moments of my life. Uh, I'll never forget that that trip. Yeah, that's a, that's a, so. Did you keep shooting when that's happening? Are you just still making, trying to make historical moments, even though it's a you know you're, it's a dejection or a disappointment? Um, I wish I could have shot, but uh, but I was told not to shoot. Really. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was I was at the Big West Basketball Conference. And I kept shooting because it was historical. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to happen again. Hope knock on wood. Hopefully, and I, I just did. I kept shooting because I was. Wow. You know, at that tournament, were you freelancing for a team or were you? I was for the conference. conference? Yeah, for oh, the okay. conference. Yeah, and I was actually up in the catwalk, hanging my overhead remote. Um, I had a, had a window when the court was clear between teams doing shoot around and they made an announcement over the speaker and, wow. and UC Davis was just about ready to walk onto the court for their, for their moment. Cause you know, those are real restrictive. You got to wait to exact time before you can oh, walk yeah. on and like kids just started crying and breaking down because they were seniors. And at that point, nobody knew that you might get it back or nobody knew what that was going on. So there were seniors there thinking, crap, it's over. Like, it's done. I don't have a chance. And then randomly, Irvine had just gotten done. They came back. They were the regular season champions, and they had them onto the court, and they announced them as the conference champions. So I ended up taking their team photo on the court, Mm -hmm. um, thinking that there would be a, a tournament next week at the NCAAs, and that never happened. So I just kept blasting away and just started running down hallways and looking for people to shoot. But, you know, if somebody, if somebody tells you that, that's just the way it is. Somebody says no go, it's no go. Yeah, yeah that was uh, – it was a crazy way to end uh, my first, I'd say, academic year at Mississippi State. Because after that, you know, everybody had to work from home. But it was it was a good chance to work on our digital archive, right? Because you could just load up archive photos on a hard drive and bring them home and just start captioning. Right. Yeah. Just get it done. Uh-huh. So, tell me a little bit about your guys's, and maybe it's changed from when you first got there to now because you're you're running the ship. You're the head guy. What's your archiving system? Because I really believe there's a lot of schools that need to do a better job. And even photographers need to do a better job archiving. What's your guys' system? What do you, how do you guys run your archive? So when I first started at Mississippi State, photos were archived on a local server and on Dropbox. Okay. And Dropbox, as you know, isn't really searchable. So if you edit your metadata through like Photo Mechanic or um, Adobe Bridge, you can't really search that metadata through Dropbox. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely, you're right. And the problem with our local servers is our IT staff had 
restricted those servers so you could only access them if you had a hardwired Ethernet connection inside a Mississippi State athletics facility. Oh, boy. And so, like, if you just had a laptop and you were sitting at home on a Tuesday night and somebody asked if you could send them, you know, a certain amount of photos, then you either had to know exactly where they are on Dropbox, if they're, if they're even uploaded, or you had to get in your car and drive over to campus the next morning to get them. Oh, God. And so my big uh, project since I started was to uh, get us uh, what we'd call a dam solution. And for those who don't know, it's digital asset management, a dam solution. And uh, so I sat in on a couple of different calls with a few different companies uh, to hear their pitch on why their archive storage solution is better than this guy's and uh, hear different prices and compare them all. And then right when we were close to making a decision, that's when COVID hit. And uh, after March of 2020, uh, our spending was kind of, was very limited because we were kind of unsure about what a football season would look like. And, you know, at an SEC school, football is nine times out of ten, that's your moneymaker. Sure. To fund the entire athletic department. And so we had to kind of sit on our hands for a few months. And then this past summer, actually spring, it was, a, it was around April or May, uh, we finally got a deal done with Photo Shelter to start our own photo shelter library. And it's been, it's been quite the task to get, you know, an entire athletics department's photo history uploaded to photo shelter so that if you're on the road with a team and you need certain photos, all you have to do is search for them and they're there. Yeah. That, that makes all the difference in the world being able to find that stuff instantly. <laughs> Like if you need a photo of, let's say, your athletic director and you want to like, you know, you've seen it in your mind. There's a photo of him like smiling, maybe with his arms crossed or clapping at a basketball game. If if you don't have anything that's searchable, you have to know exactly what game that photo is from, Mm -hmm. which at the time, that was a nightmare finding photos. Oh, God. Well, photo shelter is going to make your life a lot easier. It has so far, yeah. That's great. Uh, so we we upload all our final edited photos to photo shelter, and then we have a uh, a local server that we use for our raw files, or at least the raw versions of those edited files and JPEG versions of everything else. Okay. All right, that's key. Do you use Photo Mechanic on your ingest and with all your metadata? Uh, yeah, we we heavily rely on Photo Mechanic. Yeah, with, uh, little IPTC metadata templates, so mm-hmm. that you don't have to manually type in each caption. And uh, we've made code replacements for each team, so you can type, for instance, like FB two D, and it'll type in. You know, whoever's on our roster who's number two on defense. Right. (laughs) 
Oh, that's the best. It is. Yeah. God love it. Well, I had you on because I want to talk baseball. I love college baseball, and you had one hell of a ride watching your team pick up 50 wins this year. Let's talk college baseball. Let's talk. Now, are you a baseball guy? I am. I played I played baseball from when I was five years old up until I was about 13 or 14. Uh, and I've... I couldn't tell you how many Braves games I've watched growing up just a couple <laughs> hours from Atlanta. Uh, I didn't I didn't really get into college baseball up until I think it was 2009. My first college World Series experience was watching LSU beat Texas at Rosenblatt. I think that was the last year of Rosenblatt. Yeah. Uh, no, who uh, North or uh, South Carolina won the last game there? Okay, so it must have been the year. It was the a year. I think it was a year prior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, South Carolina pulled off the uh, the wonderful. They got the last one at Rosenblatt and the first one at the new stadium. Man, yeah, they really nailed it down well. So, did you shoot much baseball when you were at Tennessee? Uh, I did. I love shooting baseball at Tennessee. Uh, I would say the only downside and. You know, nothing bad about against Tennessee, but, you know, their attendance wasn't the best while I was there uh, up until because they didn't really have a whole lot of fans paying attention to that baseball team up until they started winning. Was Dave Serrano the coach when you were there? He was. I think my first year at Tennessee was his last year. OK, yeah, I know Dave real well. Um, he's out here back. He's back home now in Northridge. So it's always a small world. Um, so you, you, so you got some time in in Tennessee, so it's not like a strange thing for you because you go to Kansas city and you do some other stuff. So you're not shooting baseball a ton, but you come to Mississippi state and it's baseball time. Yeah. I can remember the very first time I saw duty noble field on campus, uh, on my first working day at Mississippi State, I was blown away. It was it was just this massive palace, basically. Uh, it, it definitely took my breath away. It's a gorgeous stadium. Gorgeous it, stadium. It is. It's it's an unbelievable atmosphere. Now how I'm gonna just I'm gonna have to ask because from a photographer, how's the photo well position? How's the shooting positions? Uh, well, there are two photo, two camera wells, one per dugout on like the uh, the sides of the dugouts closest to the uh, uh, the outfield. Okay, outside photo uh, wells, right? Right. Uh, the angle is pretty good. Uh, there's also the what they call the triple crown club, which is the seat, the premium seating behind home plate. They they've at at least this past year, they've let us uh, use that as uh, a shooting position. And then there are tons of spaces um, throughout the stands if you if you can find an open seat to shoot from. There's right. not really a bad angle to shoot baseball there. Now, being the team guy, do you get mm-hmm. carte blanche? Can you go anywhere you want, or do you still have to ask and you know push boundaries? to get access to stuff 
Yeah, I can I can pretty much go wherever I want. Oh, you lucky bastard. That's great. Access is everything. It is. Access is key. Oh, it is. It's 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 more than gear. It's more than uh, you know frame rate. If you can get your butt into the positions and make photos, that that's the that's the best thing. Mm-hmm. So, you guys start off the season. We're under COVID protocol. What was it? What was your COVID protocol for baseball in Mississippi at the time? So, uh, you had to get tested. A couple of days before the weekend series would start. And I think your test was good for four days. Now, do you guys have fans in the stands at this point? Uh, yes. We started the year, I believe, at uh, maybe 50%. Okay. Uh, don't, don't, don't hold me to that. But you had but, bodies. Right. It was around 50%, I believe. And then every few weekends as – uh, cases would start to decline in Mississippi, the capacity would start to increase just a little bit more. And uh, every spring, our athletic department has what they call Super Bulldog Weekend. And they try to pack as many events for fans to go to uh, into one weekend as possible. So like in years past, they've had like the, the foot. Our football team spring game will be that weekend. There'll be a big baseball series that weekend. Uh, usually, uh, like a track and field meet or uh, tennis matches, or like spring soccer or like a spring volleyball match. They'll try to fit whatever they can into that. And on that weekend this year, the capacity was a hundred percent, and it was the first. Uh, series of games where there's a hundred percent capacity at duty noble field and it was against Ole miss of all people and i've never heard a louder baseball stadium than those atmospheres how much of a rivalry is that with Ole miss uh i'd say it's it's huge it means everything to because i know our uh, our university president, uh, Dr. Mark Keenum, he is big on beating Ole Miss any chance we get. That's great. So it, it goes all the way to the top. <laughs> That's good. That's good when the boss man wants to whoop the rival's butt. <laughs> <laughs> so how was then your or was there any restrictions for you? Were you kept off the field? Were you allowed to be in the photo well? Like where, where was that COVID protocol for you? Uh, at first, we were told to try to keep our distance from team-specific areas and from huddles. So like every before every game, our head coach, Chris Limonis, he likes to huddle up with the team in left field before the game. And we were told at the beginning of the year to, you know, give them some space. If you're going to shoot that huddle, try to do it, you know, from a distance. Um, and then kind of as the year went on, you know, I, I kind of slowly started, you know, pushing that limit and getting just a little bit closer every game. And until, you know, we eventually make it to Omaha. And then, you know, at that point, they don't really the team didn't really care where I was. Right. They don't. So, okay. You mentioned huddles and stuff. Let's backtrack a bit. What mm -hmm. gear do you use when you cover baseball? 
Uh, so generally, uh, a 400 millimeter f2.8 lens with a 1DX Mark III for my like long distance primary action stuff, and then pregame, I like to use a 70 to 200, or if I want to shoot wide, a 16 to 35. Okay. Do you do you ever dabble into like uh, some wide angle primes, a twenty four one four, or you know an eighty five one four, just to try to different looks, or is that something that you found that just just not for you? So we don't have any of those lenses at Mississippi State. That's a big work in progress. Okay, so but, you, they have but, their own gear. You're you're working with, right? Okay, but. Uh, I did have a chance to use that gear while I was at Tennessee, and prime lenses are unbelievable. Uh, you can't you can't beat the the look that prime lenses give. Yeah, yeah. So so you're working on that. You're trying to get a budget together and build up your your gear. Right. So something like that is that every year you've got to put your gear together or put your budget together. Right, because you're now the director of photography, so you're managing people, budgets, schedules, and and you gotta you gotta keep track of all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Every year we get like a, a set dollar amount that we can spend, and you kind of have to prioritize. You know, do I do I want to spend most of the budget on a new super telephoto lens, or do I? Do I want to invest on a couple of bodies because our older camera bodies are getting up there with their shutter counts? Or do I want to uh, buy some new light modifiers for our studio or, you know, buy some new camera bags to replace, you know, some of our older bags whose, like, bag straps are starting to fray? Right. You uh, kind of just have to weigh, you know, what's an absolute need? What do I need to get this job done? Or, you know, what what is just a want just because I think this 85 millimeter 1.4 lens is going to look good. But do I absolutely need it? Right. Right. There's the want and need list. Right. Yeah. So did you did you as your personal self? Looking back at your images, did you have a good baseball season? Uh, I think so. I think I had, I definitely had the best baseball season that I've had, you know, since I started shooting baseball. Um, back during the work from home, you know, quarantine period, I uh, did a whole lot of fine tuning and like how how I wanted our department to start editing photos. Like once I became the director Um, and I don't know if you've ever shot any teams whose primary color is maroon, but that's a, (laughs) that's a tough color to get to look accurate because in certain lighting situations, it looks red. Right. And in lighting situations, it looks more like magenta. And so I kind of fine tuned, kind of how we edit the the saturation on your reds and your magentas and your hue slider on magenta and red and uh, really fine-tuned how maroon looks and that that made a world of difference in our photos that's great that's good that you actually took that 
bull by the horns and made that look right because there's nothing worse when colors are off. Mm-hmm. And then one of the one of the big things I picked up from Steve in Kansas City is shooting with a manual white balance and you know never really relying on the camera to get it right with auto white balance and like learning that like when when the sun is as bright as can be it, you can kind of vary between 5000 kelvin and 5300 and then whenever it's super cloudy you can go between 5500 and 6000 depending on how thin or how thick the clouds are or if the stadium lights are on and that made a huge difference as well oh absolutely so you guys rough shot through the season but then mm-hmm. you guys kind of trip over yourself and go oh and two in the sec tournament mm-hmm. do you cover the tournament i did yeah i traveled with the team to hoover so and it what, was what it are you thinking pretty, yeah like what I, so I was kind of surprised that we lost the way that we did but historically mississippi at least in recent years mississippi state has not done great in the sec tournament so i wasn't super worried about what the rest of our postseason looked like um and you know that team's that team is scrappy they can they can take the take the punches uh, like the best of them, and just bounce back and have you know a great game the next day. And they did just that after that tournament. They bounced back and just took off and ran. Yeah, I mean they beat the pulp out of everybody in the regional. Three and zero, they're out of there. Mm, that was that was a fun weekend. Yeah, and then the following week they go up against Notre Dame and go two one. And mm-hmm. take that. So let's look at that that third game, right? They're playing Notre Dame. What's your mindset on how you're gonna cover Jube to go to the College World Series? What's what's your what's your plan? So for that game, uh we had three shooters covering that game, which to And some it's at people, home, correct? Right, it was a home game. And that and makes a big people, difference. To some people or some athletic departments, uh, having three photographers cover a baseball game might seem like a little bit of overkill. But uh, I had myself and our other staff photographer, Chamberlain Smith, uh, we were shooting kind of the initial reaction with players because with just one person, you can't really shoot everybody. And so we kind of split up and... I went one direction and she went in the other. And uh, I had a student, uh, her name's Sloan Bush, uh, just recently started with us this past school year. Uh, she was up in the stands shooting kind of the, the overall wide shot of the big dog pile on the field, as well as, you know, the fan reaction to right, the win. Right. And I, I feel like we knocked it out of the park. That's beautiful. That's great that you were able to to get three people and make multiple a- images and angles. That's that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now, boom, you get it. Celebration. What's your set? What's your situation like? Oh God, now I've got to go to the Midwest. I'm going to Nebraska. What's your so, What's your plan? So I wasn't really nervous about you know the planning out, you know, what I was going to bring as far as gear goes. I was more nervous about uh, 
personally what I was going to pack because this could be a two week long trip. <laughs> yes, and, it can. And my suitcase is only so big. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I packed, you know, everything that I would need to cover a game. And then I packed a few extra things to cover, uh, like the, the media days where they go through all the different stations of interviewing and the ESPN video shoots and photo shoots that they have. Now, this is your first trip to Omaha, right? Correct. First one. So and you're, you're, you don't know what to expect other than what you can research. Uh, I, I really got a whole lot of background on what the trip would be like from uh, Greg Campbell, our SID. Okay. Uh, he was unbelievably helpful, like giving me a heads up on like what to expect on certain days and like what the photo shoot days would look like and what the practice days might look like. And it, I was I was very prepared. Good. What did Thanks. you bring? What did you bring gear wise? What are you thinking? Uh, so to cover like the travel stuff and kind of the behind the scenes media day stuff, I brought a uh, Canon R5, which we I had just gotten in maybe five days before we left. Oh my goodness! What a brave soul! Yeah, I was. Uh, we were given the green light and the thumbs up to to place uh, a few different orders. Uh, before the fiscal year ended and <laughs> thankfully it came in right before we left and that camera is like for for the people who don't know which i guess the people a lot of people listening to your podcast would know what the r5 is uh it's a mirrorless camera which is like super light uh it's with its electronic shutter it can be a hundred percent silent and that was great to use to shoot the the TV interviews that they did, uh, that they played, like, during commercial breaks and stuff for mm-hmm. the College World Series. Because as I would walk into those rooms, they would say, yeah, you can take – feel free to take photos in here. Just, you know, watch your shutter. And that gave me a lot of peace of mind uh, with that. Uh, and then I brought – uh, two 1DX Mark III's to shoot action with. Okay. Um, a 400 millimeter f2.8 lens and uh, a 70 to 200 2.8 and a 16 to 35 2.8. Okay. So you're loaded for bear. You're ready to go. I've got just about everything covered from 16 millimeters to 400. Now, are you a, a fanny pack guy, a bag guy, a vest guy? What do you, where do you throw your gear on? So I like to use uh, the, the harness straps. That ba- it, You're basically just wearing a harness that has uh, the two cameras strapped to your sides. Mm-hmm. So you can just pick one up, drop it, pick up the other one, drop it if you need. And that way I'm shooting with the 400, but I've got a 16 to 35 to my left and a 70 to 200 to my right, which really came in handy for the last game for the championship series because I could shoot, you know, the final play with the 400 and then drop it. And they told all the photographers to kind of let the dog pile form and then you can run out there and get closer shots. So I was able to drop the 400 shoot with the 70 to 200 and then run out there with a 16 to 35. Right. 
So the team gets there. They go through their process. What's your day-to-day kind of look like? Are you, and are you, do you have a social media person on site? Are you sending back stuff every day? Are you noticing good results and numbers from people paying attention to the baseball imagery? Yeah, so we've got, we did bring a social media person. Uh, one of our communications GAs uh, this past year ran the social media account for the past two seasons. Okay really more than that because he was an undergrad but uh the past two seasons i was there he ran the account uh so getting photos to him was seamless um we didn't have any issues there uh it was almost automatic uh the very first day that we were there i think the temperature in omaha was about 104 (laughs) jesus and it's not like the heat index was 104 or the feels like temperature was 104. It was literally 104 degrees. And our first day that we were there, we I believe we practiced at the University of Nebraska, Omaha. Uh-huh. And their, their baseball facility is pretty brand new. And the field is 100% turf. <laughs> And for those of you who've never shot anything on a turf field in the summertime, the heat just radiates off the little black rubber pellets that are on the turf. And so on the turf, it had to have been about 120 or 125 degrees for our first practice day. Oh, God. That just sucks the life right out of you. Yeah, it was it was not fun, but uh, the team the team looked like they were having fun at least in the the photos that were taken. <laughs> now, are you are you shooting and are you sending uh, as you go to social media and they're uploading on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff, or is it a batch at the end of the day? So for practices and the, like behind the scenes events, those were more like at the end of the event take them back to take everything back to our hotel, dump my memory cards, go through everything, edit, then send it out. But when I'm shooting games, all that stuff is live. Wow. You are, uh, you are just banging it out. Uh, and then, so the first day we had practice the second day, uh, myself, uh, Joe Williams, our our video guy throughout the season, mm-hmm. and uh, Daniel Watkins, our my boss, our associate AD of marketing and creative strategy. We basically went around Omaha with uh, these stencils that said "Oma Dogs," <laughs> and the our M over S baseball logo. And basically took chalk and just stenciled up the sidewalks all over Omaha with chalk and got video of that and photos of that uh, for social media, which it, it was pretty fun. And uh, that good, a good response. Yeah, the fans loved it. Of course they did. They love that stuff. They eat it up. Uh, and then uh, it's a, a lot of the beginning of the trip is kind of a blur just because of how how many days we were there and (laughs) but we were there for about three or four days before we actually played a game uh 
And then the first game against Texas, uh, at the beginning it was a little annoying because the, the sun was starting to set behind our dugout. And so I had to pick if I wanted to set my exposure and white balance to the shade or set it to the sunlight and shoot the field. And, and of course, you know, home plate was the first thing that was in the shade. Of course. And then it slowly crept out. So I had to, you know, choose your battles there. Uh, but other than that, that game was, that game was a lot of fun. Well, well, as you know, at that point of the year, you're not shooting stock images to like for next year's media guide. Like if you haven't played now, you're not, you know, you're, you're not playing. So Mm -hmm. you're making pretty pictures, historical pictures. Well, yeah, historical and, uh, we wanted a lot of stock photos of like the stadium. Yeah. Being and, in Omaha is one thing, but yeah, you're not, but, yeah, you don't care about bat on ball. You're trying to tell a story. Yeah. And we needed a lot of like photos of as many guys that we've got in our baseball Jersey with the college world series patch on it. So that after the fact, like whenever we end up winning the national championship, whenever a graphic designer makes, you know, the national championship poster, she has tons of photos to pick from mm-hmm. of guys in Omaha with that patch on their jerseys for that poster. How was let's we'll break it up because it's such a long trip if you win. How was your first week? Uh, the first week was fun. It wasn't. It wasn't too draining. Uh, laundry started to pile up <laughs> a little because uh, you know you go outside and you know the first week was miserably hot. So you take a step out the door and you're already soaked in sweat. Yeah, right. You're and sweating. So, yeah, and so if you go back inside, you feel like you have to shower. Right. right. More clothes. Because whatever you – if you shop practice in the morning or afternoon, you're not wearing that stuff to dinner that night because you're going to stink. Right. Um, but, yeah, the, the first week was a bit of a grind. It was uh, it was pretty uh, surreal at first. Like, hey, I'm in Omaha at the College World Series, and we've got a chance. Did just about every other school send a, or every school send a photographer or was it, you know, I know it was your first trip, but was it less media and photographers there? Uh, I didn't, Tennessee didn't travel a photographer. Really? They ended up hire, yeah. They ended up uh, hiring a freelancer and their plan I think was to travel someone if they made it to the championship series. Okay. Um, Texas. Uh, yes, Texas had a photographer. Virginia had one. I don't remember seeing one for NC State. Okay. Uh, I don't recall if Stanford had one. No, John Todd didn't go. So I guess Stanford didn't have one. And hmm. did you guys? Were you guys all in the in a room together, or do they keep everybody separate? No, everybody was pretty separate. You yeah. you pretty much stuck with your team. Yeah, all the tier ones and twos and protocols made it. Make, yeah. I mean, I, that was the. I remember my first trip. It was so much fun. 
because the guys at the Omaha World Herald, they like take you under your wing. Like I told them it was my first trip and they're like, oh, you could do this, you could do that. And you got to go eat here. And this is so-and-so. And they just walk you around the room and introduce you to everybody. And it was, it was such a great atmosphere. And that, I'm, it's kind of sucky that your first trip was under such a weird circumstance of, you know, having to stick with your group and you couldn't really meet and mingle and, and, and have a good time with the outside groups. Cause well, the Omaha world Herald does a great job covering mm-hmm. that game. I think the first, or at least the first set of games before the championship series, the only uh, photographers or videographers who were there were the, uh, the interns who were shooting for, for the NCAA and the stat like the team photographers right. and then everyone else was tier three and they all had to you know shoot from the stands and edit up in the press box oh boy well, right. I, didn't, I didn't really experience much of that so you guys get to the the championship series people need to realize it's best of three it's a series at this point what what's your game plan now I was trying to get a uh, get Chamberlain, our other staff photographer, find a way for our uh, either our administration or the university to find a way to fly her over to Omaha, at least for the second or third game. Uh, I, I was I was kind of nervous, not about if we would win or if we would lose, but if I would get the shot. And I hadn't really missed much of anything. What that shot season. were you worried about? Just like a jube shot? Uh, yeah, the... The big dog pile. The, yeah, the, all the above. Okay, <laughs> anything. You are worried about missing any shot. So to go back to my days at Tennessee, I remember I was shooting uh, a baseball game. It was actually my last semester, or at least my last spring semester at Tennessee, and Philip Fulmer was recently named athletic director at Tennessee. And he was supposed to throw out the first pitch. And he, you know, takes the ball and he just kind of fast walks over to the pitching mound and he's all business. He's not waiting to wave at the crowd and take his time to throw that pitch. He walks up there and he just throws it. And so I'm, you know, kind of jogging out there, don't want to miss it. And I see him go to throw it and I don't really have time to check any of my settings and just pick up the camera and just spray and pray basically. And my camera was set to the, the little switch on the lens was set to manual focus. Oh God. So all of it was out of focus and I was the only one there and there weren't any photos of that. Oh. The very first time he throws out the first pitch as athletic director. So ever since then, I'm very paranoid about if my autofocus switch is moved over. And that was that was very much lingering in the back of my mind. Just little stuff like that. I didn't want to miss. Yeah, that's a big scare. So did you get her in? Did Chamberlain come? No, we weren't able to weren't able to make it happen. But uh, I was 
given the the thumbs up to reach out to Mark Coleman, who ended up being the freelancer who covered, I think, for Virginia and Tennessee. And he was basically like a backup second angle to help get like celebration shots in that last game, like from the from the stands. And not not only like to be emergency backup, like in case I miss anything, but also to complement my photos and give us that second look. Okay. Yeah. Now, are you a remotes guy? Uh, no, not really. I'm not a remotes guy. It's I've seen a lot of. I've seen a couple of photographers put in a lot of effort to set up remotes, and then I've seen uh, where they, you know, they don't get anything from right. that remote. Yeah. So I'm very much in the moment. Like I'm gonna just pick up my camera and take the shot. So let's walk through then the game, the final game, the championship game. Okay. What's your process? What What's your day like? So the cha- the day of the championship game was it was personally it was pretty tough. Um so I woke up, you know, I had breakfast with the team down up in one of the hotel ballrooms just as we've done for the past 2 weeks. And you know, to go for a little walk around Omaha just like I've done on all our other game days, just put in my headphones and kind of take a stroll for a couple of blocks and come back and I get back and I get a text from my mom asking if I had a chance to talk and I call her and she told me that my grandpa passed away and it was it was pretty tough because you know I don't think I would be working in sports if it wasn't for him Or at least I wouldn't have I wouldn't have that drive to want to be around sports if it wasn't for him. But that was tough. Um, did he I, did he take you to a lot of sporting events as a child? Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, he took me to my first uh, Titans game up in Nashville, Tennessee, back when I was in elementary school, and. Uh, you know, we went to several Braves games together and, you know, a couple of uh, Nashville Sounds uh, minor league baseball games, too. Uh, yeah, he played a huge impact on just my being a fan of sports. I I asked this because I've, I've, I went through something very similar like that. How did you keep yourself together? I don't really know. <laughs> I, I kind of, uh, I cried a lot that day. Um, and then I guess by the time it was time to leave the hotel, like I just tried to think, okay, it's time to work. It's time to just take a picture. Right. What would grandpa want? Right. He want you to go out and make a picture. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I had that same uh, thing in 2001. 
Um, my dad died three days before the Long Beach State women's basketball team. They were my client at the time. The volleyball team was in the championship game. And it was the worst game I ever shot. Like, I don't even know how I even was able to make pictures. And it was film. So I didn't oh. even know. So I didn't even know he, how bad it, my photos were until like a week later. Like it yeah. was just god awful. So you can't really see if it's bad. <laughs> I couldn't see how crappy I was doing. I just yeah. know I was like trying to. I was trying to be composed. It was the I hadn't shot. You know he passes away. And I hadn't shot in those though that period. So I got to go out. I got to drive down to San Diego and I got to shoot this thing. And volleyball, as you know, is not the easiest thing to just like pick up. It's a tough sport. It's bang bang. And and to make it worse, they got swept in three. So the team the team lays an egg. I lay an egg, thank God, so nobody needs to see the photos. But oh, I know exactly how you feel. It's tough. You're trying to keep focus, and it's 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 hard. Yeah. It's, and, so I, I guess it was good though that you had that mom called you in the morning and you had some time till the game. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad that she told me when she did, because I know, you know, in a, in an alternate universe, she could have waited a day and told me. But I'm I'm very glad that, you know, she told me, you know, when it happened. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. as a parent, I would have made I would have wondered what my decision would have been. You know, it's mm-hmm. hard. So you've got that game that night. Uh, how, how are you keeping focus? Uh, kind of in and out, you know, I'll, you know, a play will happen and I'll shoot it. And then, you know, I'll start, my mind just starts wandering. Sure. And then, and then you lock back in and take a few more photos and, and then, you know, it just kind of goes back and forth. Right. Did did you guys win decisively in that championship game? Uh, yeah, I think it it, it wasn't I, a two one game. Like you guys had, yeah, it. I, think, I think we scored nine runs and we gave up one hit. Jesus Christ! So well, that helps you. Thank God it wasn't something where you had to like focus on a no hitter. Well, it for like the first. Maybe seven innings. It was a no hitter. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you poor bastard! Try, you're worried about grandpa, and you're worried about the damn games happening. Yeah, but I mean, the our starter for that game, Will Bednar, he was he was electric. He you can't take a bad photo of him, so he made it easy. All you have to do really is just point the camera at him and push the button, and there's a good photo. Oh, that's good. So where do you that, – that game's winding down. Where do you position yourself? So I was actually in the dugout uh, on the outside uh, exit. Okay. Right next to that little uh, staircase that mm-hmm. takes you up the field. Yep. And I was pretty much just there for the entire uh, ninth inning just waiting not really worried about you know what like the first out or the second out I was waiting on that last out um and uh Landon Sims our our unbelievable closer goes out there 
and gets that last out. And I can just see it in my head where he just throws his glove up, up in the air. And, and it's history from there. Now, are you, because are, are, are you thinking in that ninth inning, okay, make sure I've got enough card space. I don't want to be the idiot with 12 frames left on a, on a, a four terabyte card. Are you, are, are you going through that process real quickly to make sure all your cards are clear? You're ready to yeah. go. So around like the seventh inning, I, I like pulled out my laptop and dumped all of my memory cards. And I had uh, five 128 cards and the SD card that was in uh, my R5 was a 256 okay. gig card. So I I hadn't really thought about storage. Okay. You were good, though. You were ready to go. Right. After I dumped car- my cards, I didn't really think about it. Right. So, boom, final out. He throws his glove in the air. You wait your beat or two for them to dogpile. And then what's your mindset? Who are you looking for? Uh, I'm just running out there to get what I can. That's why <laughs> of the dogpile forming because guys were still like you had managers running out from the dugout. Even our head coach ran out there and jumped on top. And oh. <laughs> did he really? He did. I got a I got a solid shot of it. Uh, yeah, he ran out there, and so I was just worried about getting that wide close shot of the of the dog pile. You nailed it. And then also worrying about trying to position myself so that the network TV guys weren't all in my shot. <laughs> yes. You know, God forbid they've got to have a, a guy out there pulling cable and running around getting a wide angle right in everybody's face. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to get the team, but I'm also trying to get a, the clean shot of the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they, the dog pile formed and then, you know, guys just slowly started to, you know, get up and they were still, you know, hugging each other and the championship hats and towels were starting to be passed around. And uh, I was just shooting guys, just putting the hats on and, uh, holding up the towels and uh, Daniel, our uh, my boss, brought over uh, a big tote that had like this giant flag with a national championship logo, a Mississippi State logo that our graphic designer had made. And they gave it to some players and they were running around the field with it. And there was there was plenty to shoot. Oh, that's that's fantastic. That is fantastic. God, I love it. Was there was there one kid that maybe you looked out for that was like a fifth year senior or he got Tommy John and kind of sidelined his career? Do you have that kind of rapport with the guys yet? Um so pretty much all the guys, you know, know my name, they know who I am and you know, I know them and we can we're comfortable enough to make small talk like here and there in the dugout. Uh, my number one target for celebration was uh, Tanner Allen, our right fielder, who was SEC player of the year this past year. Uh, 
he was number one on my list. And then, you know, Will Bednar, our, you know, first round draft pick was number two. That's great. That is good. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta find those things. Those are, those are wonderful to try to try to dig up because it means a lot to those guys. Oh yeah. And then after them, you know, you gotta take care of your head coach and you gotta, you gotta find, uh, like we had a, he's either fifth or sixth year senior Riley self. He was a uh, bullpen pitcher for us and he actually, uh, got hurt early in the season and he had actually been to Omaha. He was a part of the group who had been the only group, I believe, to go to Omaha three times with the team in college baseball history. Wow. So you, how was your setup for social? Because it's just, a, you're just crushing it with all this imagery. Did you say, give me 10 minutes, I'll give you this, or I'll get to it when I'm done? Like, how much was that impulse to get stuff to social media? So I had, uh, I've got this app that I use on my phone called Shutter Snitch. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can basically set it up as an FTP, like two FTP photos to a destination. And I had it set up to dump photos to Dropbox. And our SIDs up in the press box had a link to the Dropbox. And I can basically just press send on the camera. And the photos go from the camera to my phone to Dropbox. And if the upload ever fails, like if the, the connection is ever bad, then it just, you know, reloads it. Right. It just keeps trying until it does it. And uh, I had to make sure that the connection was as good as possible in my camera. I had an Ethernet cable running from the cable or from the phone, the camera to an Ethernet to lightning adapter. Okay, so you're you're doing it that way. That's what I was going to ask. How are you doing your connection? And so, you know, once, you know, every couple of shots, I'll just scroll back through and hit send and then I'll take take more photos and then scroll back through and hit send. And it was, uh, I had a pretty good rhythm, I think going with that. That's good. Now those things obviously are going to change now with photo shelter. Right. Yeah. Cause now with photo shelter, uh, I believe I can just send them just straight from my camera and I don't need to connect it to my phone. Right. Yeah. So how did you handle the archive after that just massive two weeks? Uh, so as events would happen, then I would always hold myself accountable and I wouldn't go to bed until that day's photos are captioned, edited, and uploaded to Photo Shelter and then backed up to my uh, Google Drive. Because I always... I, one of my worst fears is just losing files, sure. especially from a big big event like the College World Series. Yeah, you don't need that. No, no, and no. I think I, I shot close. It was definitely overkill, but I think I shot almost 10,000 total frames on the championship day. Ooh. Well, good. From, 
from the pregame warm-ups up until I packed my stuff up and went back to the hotel. There's nothing wrong with that. You're there to cover history, and you got it. Yeah, after the initial celebration on the field, uh, they, of course, gave out the individual, like, trophies to, you know, everybody on the team. Mm -hmm. And then they had, you know, the staged team photo with the trophy and then give out the College World Series MVP trophy. Uh, And then after that, uh, of course, you know, every one of our players wants me to take their photo with, you know, like (laughs) one of their teammates or maybe their roommate Uh or like all the seniors want to take a photo or all the bullpen pitchers want to take a photo. And so it's just one after the next, after the next, after the next. And, uh, you know, I'm more than happy to do it because I'd rather them have, you know, a, a good quality photo instead of, you know, a cell phone picture. Absolutely. (laughs) Do you know, by doing that, and you've been around long enough, and I know it's only been a couple of years, but by uh-huh. doing that, next year when you go out and you cover either fall ball or or you get back into the – they are now going to be your best friends? Oh, yeah. they uh, Pretty much every team on our campus just recognizes me, camera or no camera. Yeah. And if I don't have a camera on me, they, they're asking me, hey, where's your camera? Right. Yeah, I mean, I've got guys who I shot 20 years ago that uh-huh. I'm still in touch with. We either cover the World Series or anything. Um, you know, uh, there was one who's actually, he's a, uh, an, what is it, uh, airport police? He's like undercover airport police you know, yeah. on planes. And wow. I recognized him on a flight. And we did one of those kind of, not like not nod things without kind of like going into it. I thought, <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Like I hadn't seen him in probably 15 years and I known what he had, he was doing at Long Beach State. He was in criminal justice. And then I saw him and I was like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> so yeah, you've got, you got 35 or whatever on the roster is new friends or your buddies forever now. Yeah. Yeah. So let's think about you because it's grueling. Like the job of a team photographer is especially at a university, your size, there's no stopping. It's constantly football's like 24 seven basketball. Everybody's got like springs and fall seasons. It it just never stops. You come back from the college world series. Do you get any time for you, for Austin to refresh his batteries? So, you know, we get back from the College World Series and, you know, I immediately had to go uh, see my family, of course. Sure. Uh, and then uh, after, you know, a couple of days with my family, you know, I spent a whole week of, well, I guess for most jobs, taking a week off is is nothing, especially if it's once a year. But, like, it was the first big break that I had been able to take since, you know, since the work from home days. <laughs> wow. It was, it, it was a relief. Did you just, did you go anywhere or did you just sit on your butt and just whew, breathe? Well, uh, so my, my girlfriend of, uh, let's see. Of about five years. I was going to say, get this right, buddy. You're going to be in trouble. (laughs) 
because I know she's going to listen to this later. <laughs> so it's been a great five years. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah. Uh-huh. The, the best five years of my life. So far. So she, we met when, uh, when we both went to school in Chattanooga together. Oh, uh, that's, that's nice. And she had just like the first weekend of the college world series, she moved to Starkville and we had gotten an apartment together and, you know, she basically had two weeks to move in and unpack her stuff. And, uh, I spent that, that week of my vacation from work, just slowly getting moved in. (laughs) She couldn't get it all done in two weeks. Well, getting my stuff moved in. <laughs> oh, she should have had everything folded and painted and done. Come home and you should have had a scotch and some slippers and sit on the couch and catch your breath. What 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 do you do to kind of recharge yourself? Uh, I just like to, you know, spend time with, you know, my family when I can or spend time outside the office with uh, with a lot of my coworkers and I just, I I think ever since I became a professional photographer and it wasn't just a hobby or something that I like to do, you know, in my free time, uh, I've not really taken a whole lot of photos or anything outside of sports. Right. Uh, I'm not going to say it's ruined like regular photography for me, but you know, I, whenever I leave work at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to just go pick up a camera and go take a couple hundred pictures around town. Right. Um, do, what do you do to like get better? Where do you see yourself in a, like improving in the next couple of years? Um, I would say, uh, like some of a lot of my studio stuff could use a lot of fine tuning. I'd say that's that's where I need to improve most as a photographer. Um, as as a manager, as a director of a department, I'd say I'd need to get better at uh, at knowing when to pass things off, when to ask for help with students or you know Chamberlain, and not trying to just do everything myself. Right. Uh, and then that, and that's going to take some time and definitely with studio stuff. Uh, one of the reasons that we hired Chamberlain is, or at least one of the big attractive things about her craft is that she's very good in the studio. That's great. What yeah. you always want to do is hire the best people around you. Oh yeah. I've got to, and to try to make our department more well-rounded. Right. Does, uh, do you feel you have great support from your department? I know that's a loaded question because somebody can listen to it, but I mean, it's like there's yeah. some departments that they just give you enough. And then there's some ADs that like totally buy into the visuals. Uh, so like, I'm not saying this just to get on his good side, but before I got hired here, there was a big restructuring in our athletic department with as far as like creative creatives in the department. So before 20, before fall 2019, 
our graphic designers were housed under marketing and our photographer photographers were housed under communications and our creative video staff, they were just kind of their own department. And, uh, Daniel Watkins was promoted to, you know, associate AD of creative strategy. And he kind of brought in uh, graphic design and photography and video. And that was all just creative strategy. And I feel like ever since then, the support of our department has definitely gotten a lot better year over year over year. And I can see it with like the, investing in like a photo shelter library and uh, giving us a a bigger budget year over year over year because they kind of see like what our gear goes through and how many photos our cameras are taking year over year kind of compared to like miles on a car. Right. Oh God, yes. And so you can't really just buy a camera in like 2015 and expect it to last five, six, seven years of shooting 14 sports for a college athletic department. No, not going to happen. Yeah, at least without its mirror falling off. (laughs) Well, I'm telling you, uh, your stuff, I noticed it uh, on, on Instagram. I follow you there. It's it's good stuff. You're doing a great job at Mississippi State. Thank you. Uh, do you? I, I really appreciate that. Do you know who follows you on on Instagram? Uh, I know a lot of the photographers who follow me. Like I notice like where they work or how their work looks or who they are networked with, who they work with personally, but a lot of my followers, I don't know. Well, first of all, I don't know why you don't have a hundred thousand followers and a damn blue check mark, but that's on uh, Instagram, <laughs> but you've got one person who follows you, Maureen. Uh, I'm going to let you find out who she is, but I'm going to tell you, she's one of the best damn photo editors that's ever walked the planet. She got me my first job at Sports Illustrated and she's absolute gold. Oh, Maureen Cavanaugh? Yes. Yeah, I've never met Maureen. She is uh, worth her weight and then some. She's fabulous. She's, uh, if you ever get a chance to uh, meet her and have her just look at your book, she mm-hmm. she's the person. She is uh, a fabulous, fabulous uh, person and has a great pair of eyes to, to like look at imagery. Yeah, I think... I might be wrong with this, but I think I uh, found her account through a an Instagram story that was shared by Billy uh, Weiss. Billy Weiss, bo- yeah. Photographer. And I met Billy through uh, interviewing for his internship. <laughs> yeah. He's a damn good photographer, too. He is. I, I really wish I could have. Uh, worked alongside him, not just to work for the Red Sox, but to uh, to just learn a little bit about how he does things. Yeah, yeah. So where can people find your stuff? Uh, well, most mostly on hailstate.com. Okay. You can go to hailstate.com slash galleries, galleries, plural. 
and you can see everything that our staff uh, makes and publishes to our website uh, on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find our team accounts, Hell State, Hell State FB, Hell State MBK, WBK, BB, SB. You just fill in the, the sport acronym. Uh, my personal Instagram is AT Perryman, uh, AT being my first two initials and then my last name Perryman. Uh, and then uh, I guess my portfolio website, austinperryman.com. I don't think I've updated that in a hot minute, but I definitely need to to add some College World Series content. Yeah, to- you got to get some of that on there. Now, yeah. how often do you update your, your Instagram page? Like, are you um, uploading it once in a week or a couple times? Or So while things are going on, I try to post regu- more regularly. Uh, I try to – after I'll – after I cover an event, I like to give our um, our team account priority with using those photos before before I post them and show them to the world or show them to sure uh, you know a thousand followers or however many it is. Um, yeah, I like to try to give the the team accounts a chance to use them, and then you know if they don't after a day or two, then I'll take advantage and post some. Well, we'll get you some more viewers because you're making some beautiful stuff and people need to see it. Well, thank you. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy day. You probably need to have some dinner. I know we're three hours apart, but if you ever uh, make your way out to L.A. with your team or or just want to dip your toe in the Pacific Ocean, you look me up and I'll I'll buy you a dinner. (laughs) (laughs) I might just take you up on that. All right. I can't thank you, man, enough. Uh, You keep up the good work. For a kid who's uh, 26 years old, you're kicking ass and taking names. You keep doing that, okay? Well, thanks a lot, Matt. I can't tell you how much it means to me. Hey, no. No, it's my pleasure. Listen, I know how busy the schedule is for a guy at your level and you're juggling. I know you said football starts for you tomorrow, so basically you you kiss your girlfriend goodbye in the morning and you'll see her, what, six months? (laughs) 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 It's like going off to Afghanistan. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Perryman, you you keep up the good work and we'll talk soon. Oh, thanks, Matt. I guess I'll talk to you later. Okay. Thank you, man. Thanks. See ya. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Austin Perryman. If you enjoyed the episode, please hit the subscribe button. Also hit the like button. And you can find all of our shows on the website, justagoodconversation.com.